I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome to Play Me, your ticket to some of the hottest shows by award-winning playwrights. We're back with part two of Buffoon by award-winning writer Anosh Arani. If you missed part one of Buffoon, you can hear it anytime on Play Me. But here's a quick recap. Felix is no ordinary clown. He's a creation of his own making. Born in the circus to the flying Olga, the darling of Leningrad. But she's not the loving mother he craves. She's more interested in fame than raising a son. Felix is taken under the wing of Smile, the ticket seller who teaches him how to read. When Felix spots Aja, the adopted daughter of the seamstress, Smile tells him he has a case of Leveria. It's like malaria, only deadlier. This is part two of Buffoon by Anosha Rani, featuring Kayvon Koshkum. Each night, while everyone's asleep, I stand outside her tent. This night, she appears. My future wife, my future everything. Oh, what I would do for you. I walk toward her, carrying all that is gentle inside me with the only thing I can truly offer. But... (laughs) No. No. There's someone else with her. A boy. But maybe it's her brother. Yes. What a relief. It's her brother. For a second there, I thought, wow, this love thing is harsh. But do brothers and sisters kiss on the lips? Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe where she comes from, they... Wow, it's a whole lot of tongue. That's the tent maker's son. Mama! Ma- I mean the flying Olga. What is it? I... I hate her. I hate him. Is this what love does? <sighs> love is for puppy. You can love puppy forever, but human... Just like cigarette smoke. My first cigarette, I cough, cough, cough. After some time... I get used to smoke. I don't cough anymore. Same with love. 
One day there is no hate left. That is end of love. You feel nothing. But my heart. Do whatever buys you comfort, Munchkin. Good night. And as she sleeps, I look to the other side of the bed and it's empty. Pops is sleeping on the floor. Pops. Pops. But when Pops opens his eyes, in them I recognize myself. He has the same haunted look that I have. And I just place my hand on his heart and put him back to sleep. Smile. Smile! Smile! Oh! What's wrong? Oh, that's just... That's terrible. My condolences. The state it's in. Pathetic. Hideous. Smile! Okay, fine, fine. What's that? Medicine. Drink. Ugh! Ugh! Drink. Do you know who Lee Poe is? Oh, of course you don't. Lee Poe was the greatest poet who ever lived. Listen. F- fuck poetry, okay? I'm not in the mood. Yeah. F- fuck all poets. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Please tell me about Lee Poe. He, like so many poets, found the moon beguiling. One night, after drinking a whole tumbler of wine, he went for a boat ride. He looked up at the moon and felt a great anguish that he was so far away from it, that even though he wrote about it, he would never really know it until he touched it. So, he decided he would stop looking at the moon once and for all. But then, as he looked down, he saw the moon again. He saw its reflection in the water. It was close. So close that he could touch it. And he reached into the water and tried to feel it, to know it, to embrace it. Good for him. He drowned. Do you see what I'm saying? If you become obsessed with the moon, you drown. I'm drowning, Smile. I'm drowning. I know that, you idiot. It's why I'm telling you the story. You AWOL. What's AWOL? Absent without love. Yes. Yes. Without her, I'm not even here. That is something the great Lee Poe would have said. Really? No. Here. What's that? A baby elephant. That, my friend, is for AWOL. (laughs) You're here, but you won't know you're here. (coughs) Why why did they call it a baby elephant? (laughs) 
and this great peace comes over me. And I walk to the trapeze and I start swinging and suddenly I am completely languid. A lipo of the trapeze and the circus lights become my moon. <gasps> and I see this shark swim across the moon. My moon. Our circus has a new member. The Great He's bigger than Pops. Bigger and meaner and taller. Fearless. Just don't go near that man. There's something cold about him. If he holds a can of beer, it'll freeze. And I see my Olga looking at him. And I do not like that look. He'll be good for us. He'll make us famous. We can charge much more. No, I won't allow it. I've already hired him, Frank. Then fire him. I won't. I will do the triple somersault with the great Gagunda. Just the name inspires confidence in me, Frank. Gagunda. The great Gagunda. He's a beast from some remote island. A bird with muscles of iron. A god from another planet. Sweetheart, his real name is Bob Edwin. What you refuse to do for me, he will. And then she storms out of the tent. The flying Olga climbs the rope, ascends to the heavens, while Pop stays on the ground. The great Gagunda is already there, ready to catch her, ready to take his place. Pops, what do we do? She won't listen. You have to do it. The triple somersault. Get up there. Go. I can't. I don't have the courage to lose her, to see her fall. It's okay, Pops. It's okay. You're the great Frank. Where are you going? Pops? My pops is disappearing. Smile, what's happening with my life? This is life, Flix. This is life. All war, no peace? You need to stop reading Tolstoy's fucking yap. The flying Olga's with Gagunda. The love of my life is with a tent maker's son. Do you want to feel better? No more dope, smile. No dope. And no more lipo. And no more wine either, okay? You're an alcoholic. Then what? What can make me feel better? Chicken pox. Chicken pox? Your lady love has chicken pox. Shit. Poor thing. Uh, no, I mean, screw her. You dumb flicks. She's contagious. She's scared. Bored. Alone. She is in a tent. Alone. So, won't that dumb creep keep her company? He cannot. She's contagious. But this dumb creep can. Me? I, I don't want chicken pox. You had chicken pox when you were very little. You cannot get it twice. Oh. Oh. Now go. Go, young man, and claim what is yours. What your looks and personality could not do, chicken pox will. Oh. Take it easy. Restraint. That's the order of the day. Hi, 
I, I just love your boils. I mean, uh, even with those boils, I should stop about the boils. Sorry, I, I, I don't have a clue. What should I do? I, I didn't bring chocolates. I've heard that's a thing. Uh, I could drink poison. I've read guys do that for the women they love. Or I could slit my wrists. I can even slit my throat if you like. Or better still, how about I cut my entire head off and lay it by your feet? As a mark of respect, of course, I should have brought flowers. But flowers wilt. And uh, a skull is forever? My name's Aja, but you already knew that. But to hear it from you, oh my god, it's like... Can, can you say your name again? Aja? Aja. 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 You do know what my name means, right? Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> Actually, I don't. Come hither. Sure. No, no, that's what my name means in India. Come hither. Wowza. Perspicacious, sagacious, audacious, bodacious. Uh, don't come too close. It's okay. I have chicken pox. I don't care. Don't come any closer. Have you ever had chicken pox before? Nope. Never. Never. I have never, ever had chicken pox before. Ever. Well, then you could get it. Who cares? But do a do. Uh, how old are you? Twelve. So am I. I'm twelve. <laughs> uh, where's your, um, friend? The tent maker's son? He can't come near me. He's never had chicken pox. Oh, it's a bit selfish, isn't it? <laughs> or maybe he's just plain chicken. It's nice of you to come. Oh, it's the least I can do. Even though you decimated my heart. Whenever I look at you, you're always looking down. I've been trying to talk to you since I was five. Uh, I was waiting for the right time. And the time is now, when I'm sick? Uh... I'm just teasing you. Is it okay with you if I shake your hand? You want to shake my yeah, hand? I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay if you don't want to. It's just that I'm a huge hand shaker. But I have the pox. I don't care. I have a boyfriend. But when I hold your hand, it means everything. She gets it. I've embraced her pustules, therefore every single part of her. Thanks, Pops. We hold hands and walk across the circus grounds as small white tents float in the breeze. Smiles all around from the lion tamer, the tightrope walker, the jugglers, making our union official. And as I pass the tent maker's son, I do a little dance and twirl Aja around. Across the elephant pit we go until we finally reach the other end of the circus. This is the tub in which I was born. One day, this tub will be yours. Women just love a man with property. We lie in the tub. She's tired. She closes her eyes. It's okay. We have the rest of our lives. 
There's a lantern near the tub. I use it to light a cigarette. Nothing says you're mine like a cigarette. Anyway, that's how we, um, got together. It was, uh, maybe the moment of my life. But something wonderful is always followed by something else. We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. I stare at the stars. It's so quiet. Everyone has gone to sleep. I smell something. Something's burning. It's not my cigarette. Hey. Hey! Aja, the big top's on fire. What? You stay here. There's a figure running in the dark. Hey, you! I pounce on him. Pops! Pops? The shame is dripping from his face. You did not see me. I was nay here. By then, everyone's awake. Mary the seamstress, the lion tamer, the elephant trainer, the ringmaster, the juggler. They all turn into firemen. They ask me if I saw something. I look for my father. He's nowhere to be seen. I tell them the guy who did it ran into the woods. Aja just looks at me. That night... I curl up right next to Pops, and we just breathe together. Father and son. Tomorrow, the flying Olga was supposed to be doing the triple somersault with Gagunda. But what about the day after tomorrow, Pops? Will you light a fire every night? The next morning, Pops is a new man. Ugh. They have days to rebuild the tent. Frank, you're not strong enough, not quick enough, not anymore. You will practice the triple somersault with me. That's an order. And off they go. He is tiny no more. He is a beast. The great Gagunda is nowhere to be seen. My pops is high up there like... Tarzan, and I hear apes from some distant jungle. (laughs) Their open mouths and jagged teeth eating the jungle air. And I stand below in awe of this majesty, of these two beings who are my parents, the great Frank and the flying Olga, and the Tarzan of the trapeze starts swinging. The wind is carrying him to and fro, to and fro, to and... (gasps) 
My pops is on the ground. He's huge. A huge, huge mess. The flying Olga. That day, everyone hovers at the entrance to our tent. Gagunda shows up. Aja holds me. I see him whisper something to the flying Olga. Maybe he feels bad about Pops, or maybe he smells the blood in the water. I push Aja away. For the first time, I push her away from me. Here, Frank, eat. You have to eat, Frank. Mm. Mm. The flying Olga never gets her Mercedes. Instead, Frank gets a wheelchair. Please, you have to eat. Maybe Pops couldn't bear the humiliation of having the flying Olga clean him. Here, Pops, eat. You have to eat, please. Mm. 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 But he'd just sit there, all by himself, wet, smelling his own future. Before every show, he'd foam at the mouth. It was quite something, a little spit cloud that he wanted us to decipher. What are you trying to say, Pops? One night, I am awakened by a strange music. The flying Olga is drunk. My father sneezes, but even that is beautiful. The flying Olga leans in, whispers something to him. Frank, I... cannot hear the rest. The next day is a big day for the flying Olga. It is the day she finally performs the triple somersault with the great Gagunda. Posters have been made. Smile runs out of tickets, but he isn't happy. He knows something. No one says anything, but there is an unspoken knowledge in the air, the way animals know a storm is coming. I go to my tent to wish the flying Olga luck. But she isn't there. The show begins. The great Gagunda and the flying Olga are up in the air, flying together. They make it look so easy. It's as if when they hold hands, it... It means everything. They wow the audience, but with each turn, I shrink. With each swing, I shrink. With each flip, I shrink. And in a final flourish, the great Gagunda whisks my mother away. Up into the sky they go, hand in hand. They migrate like a, a pair of geese and leave this gosling behind. <sighs> When I come back to the tent, I find a note. It's on my bed, and it's from my Olga. Dear Felix. That's all the note says. The flying Olga has left it blank. What does it mean? 
Was she trying to tell me that I could complete the letter, write whatever I wanted because it was my story? Write whatever buys you comfort, Munchkin. I choose to leave it blank, but I add one line at the end. From your ever-loving Olga. To add anything more would be an act of treason. This was an act of hope. It's okay. I get it. She fell in love. She chose love. One love over another kind of love. I mean, she knew I'd be fine. After all, how long can you mother someone? Flix, it's okay. It's okay. I know. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're not fine, and neither is your mother. What do you mean? She always wanted to be in the movies. Like Marlena Dietrich. In her mind, she's a movie star. Well, don't movie stars have children? Of course they do, but not while they're stuck in the circus. Do you see what I'm saying? She'll never be able to love you until she finds what she's looking for. And what if she doesn't? You can't wait for her to love you, Flix. But she's my mother! She's a human being. Just like you. Like me. Mothers. What is it about them? What makes it so hard for us to accept that they might not love us? That they may have never wanted us in the first place? The womb is a sticky place. Warm and cozy. You spend the rest of your life trying to find a room just like it. Wombs are tombs. It rhymes. And Pops keeps getting smaller. Smaller and lighter. Hey Pops, look at this. I can lift your wheelchair with one hand. Come on, Pops. You gotta eat. Uh, hey, hey, I'll feed you to the lions, Pops. I'm warning you. Hey, Pops, I guess they don't like spaghetti, because that's what you are. A noodle. Get up, man. Fight back. Say something. Hey, I know what you did, Pops. You fell on purpose, didn't you? <clears throat> what is it, Pops? Pops, you're talking. I I'm here. Pops, talk to me. I'm here. <clears throat> There's this cloud of spit at the edge of his lips, so big, so beautiful. She loves the sea. Even though it foams. Those are his last words to me. One night, I wake up to the sound of him choking. I can hear him, but I can't see him. Pops? He's not in his wheelchair. I go outside and spot him. This cloud of foam, like a soap bubble. It goes up in the air, and I understand what he's trying to do. He's going after the flying Olga the only way he knows how. I love you, Pops! I see the last of him disappear. On the bright side, there's nothing left for me to bury. Imagine trying to bury a soap bubble. You can't have an open casket, that's for sure. 
It was hard for me to get rid of his wheelchair. I'd sit in it, alone in my tent, and blow bubbles. I would whisper messages to each bubble, you know? You're blowing soap bubbles all day, Felix. You've been sitting in that chair for a month, blowing bubbles. These aren't bubbles. That's pops. I'm blowing my father. Sorry, that sounded weird. There was this abandoned ski slope close to the circus. I take the wheelchair there and sit in it at the top. Pops was a man of grace and movement, and he needed to go with the grace and speed he deserved. (laughs) Hey, Pops! It's all downhill from here! (laughs) The wheelchair hits a bump, and I crash straight into a tree. The pain shoots through me like a snake bite. Ah! A passerby looks at me and laughs. (laughs) What a buffoon! What a buffoon? A stranger shows me who I am. A buffoon. An idiot. A clown. In the circus, he is the antithesis nemesis of the acrobat. I could never be a trapezist because I am the enemy. Twain was right. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. I am a buffoon. I'm 13 years old, and I'm still terrified of kissing Aja. Aja, you know, from the time I met you... Listen, I'm done talking. Why talk? Why not make love? Make love to me, Aja. We're both 13. It's an unlucky number, but we might get lucky. Just so we're clear... This will be your first kiss, not mine. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Whatever. whatever. Let's just kiss. Oh. for you to kiss me, but you're laughing. And the next thing I know, I'm kissing myself in front of 500 people. My first kiss becomes my first act. That was part two of Buffoon by Anosh Arani. Part three is available on Play Me on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Buffoon was written by Anosh Arani 
It featured Kayvon Koshkom. Lois Anderson directed the original theatrical production. Buffoon was first developed and premiered at Tarragon Theatre in Toronto under the artistic direction of Richard Rose. This episode's sound design, edit, and mix are by Chris Tolley. And if you're in the mood for even more Play Me, you can hear us on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius XM every Sunday night at 9 p.m. and on Wednesdays at 11. We'd love for you to join us as we present some of our favorite contemporary plays by award-winning playwrights. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can email us at playme at cbc.ca. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Expect Theatre or Instagram at Play Me Podcast. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley in partnership with CBC Podcasts. A special thanks to our CBC producers, Sarah Clayton, Cecil Fernandez, and Tanya Springer. The executive producer of CBC Podcasts is RF Norani. Our senior director is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information about our plays, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.